This episode is brought to you by Jock, high-end web developers and animation experts. Visit jock.com, that's J-O-Q.com, and use the promo code MADCAST to receive a free project plan customized for your business. Welcome to the best debate in the universe. Every debate in the universe, from cutting the cable to not needing tables. <laughs> With over 700,000 downloads, I'm your host, Maddox. With me is Sean, the audio engineer. Hello, Maddox. And welcome back, Deputy Moderator, Rucka Rucka Ali. Hi there. And also welcome back, very good friend of mine and guest, Michael Malice. Hey, hey, hello. Michael Malice, as you may recall, is the best-selling author, regular on Fox Business's Kennedy Show and Red Eye, and also a columnist for The Observer. Welcome back, Michael. Thanks, Maddox. Guys, Big, exciting news. I mentioned this last episode when Jesse from Podawful was on. The website was supposed to have gone live when that episode dropped. Uh, there were some last-minute uh, technical difficulties, but really, they've all been overcome. <laughs> Sean, okay, that's a very loaded really that Sean just said. That's because we just spent an hour trying to troubleshoot this bullshit-ass Skype and Google Hangouts situation. We finally got it figured out. Guys, it's a really complex operation, right? Because Michael is calling in from New York. And in order for him to be able to hear the sound effects that we play here locally, we have to route that out to him in New York, and then he has to route it back to us so that we can hear the sound effects that he plays. So what we have created for this show is a custom soundboard that actually any podcast can use in the world. So if you ever have a podcast, like anyone listening right now, because we've already mentioned this, remember... Sean, way back when, episode like 19 episodes ago. Yeah, I totally remember. Wait, you know what? You do, <laughs> you do shithead. You know what I'm about to say. With 19 episodes ago, I mentioned that on this network, we we're going to have a podcast debate show, right? Uh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. So if you create a podcast and you have guests calling in, which is probably most of you, and you ever want your guests to play sound effects, you can use the app that we developed. Right, Michael? You Go ahead, Michael. Play, your, play a sound effect. And that's coming all the way from New York, bam, right in the studio. Big announcement, guys. The website is finally live and ready to go. Potawful's content is on there. My content is on there. And the podcast competition show is finally going to happen. If you guys haven't been recording, you should be. I want everyone to record four or five episodes and then throw them away because they're probably going to be garbage. But... That's coming now that the website has launched. Everyone check out the website. Let me know what you think. Leave some feedback. In fact, Facebook comments are now available on every single episode. So you can go back and comment on anything you want, and uh, we can bring those comments in in future episodes. So let us know what you think. But So there's a new website. Yeah. And a new competition show where podcasts go head-to-head. That's right. And people vote, or you decide? what is? No, yeah, people vote. So what's going to happen? Here's the podcast competition show. A lot of people have reached out to me already. Actually, Jesse from Pot Awful was one of the first people to reach out to me. He said, hey, man, here's my podcast. And I looked at what he was doing. His his website is put together. He creates content on a consistent schedule. He's been doing it for a long time. He has a good radio voice, a good presence, which means no ums and uhs, not too many likes, not too many you knows. He's funny. He's very funny. And he, he does the work. It takes a lot of work to produce a podcast. You have to create thumbnails and copy and do social social networking promotion. All of those things, if you think you have what it takes, send me your proposal. In nice. other words, Jesse already had a podcast, yes. which had a following and had a presence, right. and you decided to bring it onto your network. But for all of you out there that are not already famous podcasters, but <laughs> think you have what it takes, 
Submit your podcast and you will go head to head. I think we're going to do it for a month. You'll have four four shots. And then the listeners will vote on which podcast they think is better. And then the winner, I think, will come back and possibly have a shot for a permanent spot on the network. It's madcastmedia.com. It's really cool. The voicemail number is on there, too. A lot of people have asked what the voicemail number is for the show. It's on the website. Check out Jesse's new show. It's Cringe versus Cringe, where he brings in two cringy videos and has the listener vote on which one is, is uh, cringiest. Uh, every week. And then, of course, uh, don't forget to vote on the debate for Madcast Media. But moving on, guys, we received some gifts from a listener. Oh, Rucka, there's a gift here for you. For me? That's right. Oh, man. And one here for, for me. Uh, mine is sent from Stuart Griffin at 32 Spooner Street. Oh, no. Quahog. Is that how you pronounce it? Quahog. 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 Are you serious? City from, I've uh, never read family, it. Family Guy? Yeah. Is that where they live? Quahog. Yeah, Rhode Island. But you didn't get that from the reference? Because, I mean, it's obviously Family Guy, right? Yeah, I don't watch it that much to know. What is your, what, okay, Ruck is opening up his package. What, is, what does it say in there? Such a made-up zip code, 00093. Yeah. Oh, shit. <laughs> oh, that is pretty cool. Hell yeah. Rucka got, what are those, shredder glasses? We're going to post yeah. a picture of this on the website. Hell yeah. Rucka got shredder glasses. That's pretty oh, fucking cool. hell yeah. <laughs> those <laughs> are fucking gr- awesome. Yeah, I'm going to post this picture on the website. Rucka, I think those fit you like a glove. Yeah. Shredder glasses. And then I got my package here. Let's see what uh, someone sent me here. Stewie. It's spl- it's splinter glasses. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, spl- so what? Oh, great. What I got is disposable douche. Oh, fuck. A, twi- yeah. a twin pack of disposable douche. It's, it's, it's a comfort slanted bottle. Oh, comfort slanted bottle. Oh, I know you're, you're sensitive. Not disposable. <laughs> this is fucking. This, this is fucking bullshit. And then, ooh, I also got uh, Suave 24-hour protection. Yeah, this is a women's deodorant, women's antiperspirant. Very fucking funny. And oh. then I got a letter here. Ooh. Oh. More than I got. <laughs> it says, "Dear moron, <laughs> good day to you." Whilst pers- <laughs> whilst perusing about the dollar store with Lois, I came. Oh, this is Stewie sending it to me. Okay. <laughs> I got that. I just <laughs> made that connection. <laughs> I came yeah. about, you know, because it's a Stewie's a fucking cartoon character, and this is a real package from a real person. Oh my god, we've broken the matrix. <laughs> I came about the following <laughs> items, and they caused me to think of you for obvious reasons. You may ask yourself, how did Stewie know what these items are? You may also wonder how I managed to produce them. Firstly, I'm a baby, and I'm not an imbecile. Second, I stuffed them in my diaper when Lois was comparing various sundries. Enjoy the very, you know, this is someone who takes the whole like Stewie thing way too seriously, I think. And various sundries is redundant. Yeah, that's right. Various sundries is redundant. Fucking idiot. Enjoy the various juices for my coin purse on your lovely gifts. I have also included a rather fashionable pair of sunglasses for Rucka. Something tells me he would appreciate them. P.S. I have also included a signed headshot for your mantle or refrigerator. Suck it. Love Stewie. And he, he signed it in pink. And like a pink marker. I've also included a signed headshot for your mantle refrigerator. Please refrain from drooling upon it. Okay, you repeated yourself. And it says here, Dear Shithead, written like a baby would write it. Go fuck yourself, love, Stewie. Yeah. And it's an actual printout of a picture of Stewie. So does this person really think he's Stewie? Is that what's going on now? Well, maybe he had read it in a British accent. (laughs) Is that what Stewie's accent is? It's British? Yes. Have you seen the show? Jesus Christ. I've seen the fucking show. I don't memorize everything. It's syndicated on 18 channels right now. Quahog. Have you met a British person? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Lord Matthew. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> That's my one. So, guys, moving on. Last week's debate was with more and more people cutting the cable and turning to alternatives like Netflix, Hulu, and Amazon, 
The debate was, is cutting the cable worth it or will consumers end up spending more in the long run? The audience voted 91% worth cutting the cable. Mm. And the audience thought that I believed, 84% of them thought I believed it was also worth it to cut the cable. Well, guys, here's what I truly believe. It's worth it. Cut the cable. Now, here's the thing. I had a caller last week, the drolling Aussie. He thought that he could predict my opinion on these debates three in a row. And he thinks that if he predicts it three in a row, he's going to get a free T-shirt. <laughs> oh, deal's a deal. Yeah, yeah. Well, you, so, might, you might as well just send it to him right now. It's not going to happen, Sean. I'm not that predictable. Oh. But <laughs> Sean, Sean has my sealed envelope. <laughs> I do. With my opinion from last week. And I haven't changed that. Sean's had it. I have. I can't wait to see what I say this week, too. Oh, yeah, I can't wait to see either, Sean, because you, you, there's nothing in there. It's just your opinions. Let's see what Sean says. It's worth it. Cut the cable. Hey, look at that. I bet there's more. This is amazing. Two weeks in a row, your keen insight and brilliant candor has left me speechless. Oh, thanks, Sean. <laughs> Tell you what, Maddox. Yeah? I, Sean the Audio Engineer, yes? would like to hereby give you $5. Oh, hey, that's cool. Thank you for enlightening me. <laughs> five, five bucks. Thanks, Sean. That's awesome. You guys heard it. He just said it. He's going to give me five bucks. He owes me five bucks. Yeah. Well, yeah, well, yeah you know what? The joke's on you. I'm an audio engineer. Oh. <laughs> Good luck with that. Uh, okay, I'll deduct it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's $10 for you this week, buddy. <laughs> All right, guys. I'm not laughing. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, yeah, you're down You're down five bucks. Why would you? <laughs> uh, all right, guys. I got some voicemail, and here is the voicemail from the guy, the drolling Aussie, who thought uh, he, he could predict my opinions. Here's, here's what he says this week. Hey, mate. Before I get to my prediction, I just want to lay down two quick ground rules. The first mm. is that you have to pick a side. Don't try to cheat me out of my shirt with some typical Maddox Actually, I believe a little bit of both. Bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> There's no middle ground button on the site, so no sitting on the fence for you. Don't be a sneaky fucking Armenian. <laughs> yeah. That leads to the second rule, which is that Sean should be the neutral third party who decides if my prediction matches your belief. Okay. He's the one with the envelope, and it can't be Rucker, because I know he'd practically hand me the shirt, because he's my fucking boy. Yeah. <laughs> now for the prediction. This was a tough one to call, but there was a subtle little clue in the episode which was when you literally said you cut your cable five years ago and haven't <laughs> yeah. looked back. Nice. I'm guessing you're for cutting the cable then. Okay, so he's got okay. one week down, two to go. Yeah. Till next week, you fucking peanut. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, idiot. Yeah, real. Oh, okay. You, you listened to the episode and you heard that I cut the cable. Good job. Bravo. Well, that's on you, dude. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you probably that shouldn't, shouldn't count. That. If I say my actual opinion during the episode, that shouldn't count. Well, then you're doing a terrible job with the show. I think he's and doing I- it. Yeah, what, Michael? I like how you're condemning people for listening to you carefully. <laughs> yeah. You don't what even... an idiot. He actually pays attention to what I said. <laughs> yeah, I never would have guessed uh, after your 25-minute description of the Comet Network, which is all you watch, <laughs> that comes in free on your little uh, antenna. The, the Leaf, the HD antenna, which I posted on the website, uh, madcastmedia.com. Check out, that was episode 18, if you guys want to see the link to that. Um, but yeah, moving on. I got another voicemail. This is uh, the same guy that Rotary Thomas guy called in. Listen to this. Busting my balls. <laughs> Welcome back to last week's best argument that no one ever made. Maddox, your debate still sucks, so I'm back. Now, 
Is cutting the cable worth it? Or will consumers end up spending more in the long run? Guys, it was for at least mildly intelligent debaters, minus Rucka, obviously, against the great Maddox. And yet not one of you made this debate-winning argument. TV is as useless as an Armenian without his Bluetooth earpiece. Really, though, cut every cable. There's got to be something better to do. Read a book. Or a baby right one, eh, Maddox? Hey. (laughs) What a stupid debate. (laughs) That's all for now. And until next time, uh, be more like Sean. Okay. Yeah, real fucking funny. I'm really tired. That's like the second time he's done it, and I'm already tired of that bit. Mm. Well, the he has a point when he says TV is obsolete because everyone's got a tablet now. Yeah. Michael, do you watch TV anymore or do you watch mostly on your computer or laptop? I don't have a laptop. I don't have a tablet, but I watch on my computer or my iPod. Yeah. And then you, you if you have cable, you sign into your cable website and you watch your HBO or whatever the fuck. So it's st- you can still have cable. And- I don't have cable. I tore on everything. Oh. Well, here's a here's a voicemail from someone who ha- who makes a really good point. Listen to this one. Maddox, Rucka, Sean, what up? I'm calling you all the way from Spain. Spain. I am currently in Spain in the <laughs> U.S. military, and I just want to call and comment about the cable cutting service because what you might not realize is for us overseas, we want, you know, fucking United States TV. Our best option is NFL Sunday ticket and then possibly another service such as Hulu, which may or may not work based on if you have a VPN. So cable cutting for us is pretty important because if you live outside the United States and you want to watch US TV, sports, news, comedy, yeah, we get what's your on bullshit, TV. whatever, man, you fucking got to have that cable cutting service. So really important. It's good for us. Just want to let you know, longtime fan. Hey. Fuck you, Sean. Rucka, you lie, my dog. Maddox, you also suck. Hey, fuck uh, you. Adios. <laughs> fuck you? me and you suck? Yeah, who are you a fan of? Doesn't a longtime he, fan of? This guy have some push-ups to do or something? What's he doing yeah. with all yeah. this cable-cutting yeah. TV? Yeah, what's a cable-cutting yeah. service? Thank you for your service. Where would we be without people like him making these sacrifices? <laughs> <laughs> Watching PlayStation View and Hulu. Yeah. And uh, thank you for uh, protecting and serving Spain. Yeah, thank you for thank you for your cable service, Time Warner. <laughs> oh, busting some balls for our our servicemen overseas. How about that? Yeah, overseas. Yeah, Spain. A whole lot of tally bandits running around fucking Spain right now. <laughs> That's like a college study abroad program. Yeah. <laughs> fuck out of here. Yeah. All right. Here's the next one. Hey, Maddox. This is Corey. I would absolutely pay a small monthly fee to have more of your content. Likewise, I would pay for a full year subscription if I got a free T-shirt. Ruck a go fuck yourself. Sean, you're the man. Bye. Hey, how about that? There you go. Thanks, so, buddy. Last week I asked the question, would you guys be interested in some kind of uh, uh, Patreon service for extra content, bonus content, video content, that sort of thing? Uh, still debating. I got a lot of voicemail. Actually, most of it said yes. Uh, one person said, no, I don't like the content being hidden behind a paywall. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, most people are very supportive. I'm still debating doing that, uh, but we'll see. We'll see in the future. Uh, here's another one. I think this one's for you, Sean. Uh-oh. Hey, Maddox. So I guess I know why you guys aren't having that spaghetti mixer anymore. Now that Sean has switched sides and saying it's all UK and shit. Oh. So what? Now they're going to have bangers and mash mixer? What? So we're going to have British margaritas? What is that? 
tequila, lime juice, and a whole bunch of assholeish pretentiousness. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, whatever. T-shirt size 3X. Uh, hey. Yeah, you know what, man? Oh, that's Sean. Fuck you, Rucka. <laughs> Fuck me. You need to pick an ethnicity. All right. Keep, I, oh. I've done nothing. Yeah. It's all been Rucka. Rucka has made all of these things. Sean, if you would just if you would just settle down and just tell us what you really are. Can I be Armenian? No, you can't. Your your <laughs> your knuckles aren't hairy. That enough. position has been filled. Yeah, yeah, we got one on in the show. Yeah. <laughs> We got the big, we got the big honcho, the big Armenian honcho exactly. on the He's, show. There's one enough yeah. for everybody. Yeah. Well, you know, it's a very potent Armenian over here. Yeah, I'll say. Yeah. yeah. Here's another one. Hey guys, <laughs> you know the cost of cutting cable in France? What's, what's that? Everything. <laughs> They'd be lost without reruns of Jerry Lewis. That's true. Oh, yeah, they do love Jerry. <laughs> the French Lewis. do love Jerry Lewis. Does cutting cable mean having your cable discontinued? Yeah. Oh, so the, the the guy over there fighting the Spanish-American War said, <laughs> said talked about the importance of having a cable-cutting service, and now this French uh, basher is talking about the cost of cutting cable. What is it? Like, there's a cost? The cost of cutting cable is essentially what you replace it with. So if you're buying a oh. bunch of different services like Hulu and Netflix and Amazon Prime and uh, you know NFL package and MLB package, mm-hmm. essentially you could end up paying more than what you would have been paying for cable. And I linked to that cost-cutting calculator on episode 18. If you guys are curious to see if you would save any money, uh, go back and check it out. Here's another voicemail. This guy gave himself a nickname. <laughs> he calls himself Construction Quarry. Listen to this. Hey, Maddox, this is Construction Corey. I would happily pay a monthly fee if you edit out all of Rucka's fucking opinions. We'll call oh. it the greatest debate in the universe without dipshit Rucka. Sean, go fuck oh. yourself. Thanks. <laughs> so, so wow. hating. A lot of hate, a lot of hate, and then I got another, I got, I got, so a Construction Corey called like four or five times oh. various variations of shitting on you, Rucka. Here's another one. What? Hey, Maddox, this is Construction Corey. I would <laughs> happily pay a subscription fee if you had an episode making fun of children singing the national anthem. Sean, go fuck yourself, Rucka. Thanks Get again. the fuck off the show. <laughs> now? <laughs> it's really harsh. But then, okay, because this is the best debate in the universe, and we do listen to both sides of the issue, here is a caller who is in your court, Rucka. Listen to this guy. Oh, shit, yeah. Yeah. This last episode about cable cutting proves that uh, Rucka has a very important role in this podcast. Mm. Yeah. Without him redirecting where the conversation should go and keeping the debate on track, we talked about space music. Yeah, pretty cool. Uh, mm-hmm. Suddenly, <laughs> we're talking about the cartoon that Maddox voiced in. That was a good cartoon, but I digress. Then when Rucka finally chimes in, I'm asking with him, what are we debating? So to that guy who sent in 40 voicemails, Rucka fulfills an important function. And hey, I may not be thrilled all the time with what Rucka says, but you know what? I will defend you to the death, Rucka. Yeah. Because you do an important damn thing. Keep doing it. Well, I gotta say the the the, yeah. the the first guy who called in about me, I did not really agree with what he said. Corey, but, the construction worker, right? Not yeah. didn't always agree with him, but this last guy mostly uh, mostly liked what he had to say. Raka Raka Ali, four opinions that like him against ones well, that don't. <laughs> I knew I knew when he complimented me. This yeah. guy knows what the fuck he's talking about. Yeah, a lot of people. So 
Last episode was a little loosey goosey. You did you hear it, Michael Malice, or no? Uh, no, sorry. Okay, well, the, nobody's perfect. Last episode was a little loosey goosey, and we did that was intentional. We decided to be a little bit more freeform with the format and see how people liked it. And we ended up talking about space music. I don't know if you guys prefer episodes like that or ones that are more rigidly structured, but uh, chime in in the comments, and now you should be able to on Facebook. All right, guys, coming up at the end of the show, I've got some quick news headlines, but uh, joining me again this week is my deputy moderator, Rucka Rucka Ali. Let's hear his buzzer. And Michael Mellis, all the way from New York. Let's hear his. Trigger. There it is. Uh, If you hear either one of those, that means they're either going to chime in or they disagree with something I said. Maybe I made a logical fallacy or a contradiction. Never happened on the show before. Or more than likely, you're Whoa! going <laughs> you're going off about fucking space music when we're trying to debate what something. What the fuck is space music? Oh, oh, okay. Okay. Let's, let's talk about it. I'm glad this. you asked me. Yeah, let's, <laughs> let's hear it. Michael, I asked because I don't need to hear this half hour I have thing. no fucking idea. Uh, yeah, okay. you do. It's Russ Garcia, and I linked to it last time. It's really great stuff. It's, the album is called Fantastica, and it's stuff that you would imagine – Space sounds like. Sounds like some space, retard space in the 80s. Vacuum. Space is a vacuum. There is no sound in space. Yeah, this is what oh. I pointed out. Wow. Bravo. Oh, you guys are real fucking, you, you guys are just full of joy. You know what, idiots? <laughs> this isn't something that's that's like alien, all right? This is something that classical composers have done entire albums of. Have you ever heard of Holst? Gustav Holst's The no. Planet? Yeah, he's gay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay, great, guys. Y- yeah, Gustav Holst's he did the entire planets, okay? Mars. <laughs> you know you know the Imperial March from Star Wars? Yeah. The bomb, bomb. Yeah. yeah. That's based on Gustav Holst's Mars. Uh, George, what's his name? George Williams. Okay. John you know, Williams. Uh, John Williams. Oh, uh, whatever. George Williams. George Williams. Cares. Guys, that guy cares? Uh, Marty Van Beethoven. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you, mean, you mean the St. Bernard? <laughs> All right, guys. Moving on. Uh, this week... <laughs> Rather than arguing both sides of the issue, I'm going to debate Michael Malice and Rucka on the topic. And if they fail to do a good job, they lose points. What if I agree with you? If you agree with me, then we both argue against Michael. Oh, okay. Yeah. Very simple. There is an election coming up, guys. I don't know if you heard about it. (laughs) It's a pretty big story. (laughs) The biggest story of the year, I think. But uh, voter turnout regularly falls below 60% in the United States and as low as 34% in some states like Utah, California, and Texas. So it raises the question, does voting even matter? This is your chance to vote on the debate on the website, madcastmedia.com. So Michael Malice, as the guest debater this week, which side of the issue are you debating? Voting does not matter. Voting does not matter. Interesting. Then I will argue that voting does matter. All right, Michael, first of all, why do you think that voting doesn't matter? Because clearly, when you vote, you are voicing your opinion. False. Okay. Well, I guess if that's If you are a- doing something yeah. in secret, you are not voicing anything. Secretly and silently, that's the opposite of voicing your opinion. Okay, uh, wrong. And by definition, when you're voting, you're saying someone else is going to be expressing your opinion on their behalf. So it's the abnegation of giving your opinion. Okay, good word. I like it. I like that word a lot, but incorrect. And I'll tell you why. Banksy, he's still anonymous. Nobody knows who he is. He does everything in secret, and he, everybody knows his opinion about I, pop culture in the world, don't, I, I don't they? I don't even know who that is. Banksy, you don't know who he's Banksy a street is? Street artist. Yeah. Famous street artist, contemporary street artist. Okay. Okay, uh, Michael. So he so does. What's, what's Banksy's stance on abortion? 
Well, he doesn't have an opinion. He doesn't spray paint his oh, opinion on every fucking issue. Oh. And yet, when you're when you're voting for a politician, when we were kids in the '80s, bad, terrible stand-ups used to have all these jokes about you could have cherry coke now and diet coke and caffeine coke, ha 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 ha, and it was regarded as absurd and hilarious, right? Right. And yet, when we go now to the voting booth, I have two choices, and I have to choose this ostensibly the same person to represent me for tax policy as for international affairs, as for housing policy, when I don't want anyone speaking about for me about anything. If I want someone to represent me, I will hire them. And the very idea of voting is not only uh, illegitimate, it's also un-American. Wow. This country was founded on the idea that very few people should have their voices heard at the ballot box. I like uh, this guy. Okay. so Rebecca, I like you too. Well, no, listen. Um, I like the part about very most people need to not vote because most people are fucking stupid. And if everybody voted, we would have be we'd be living in a fucking rainforest right now. What That's are you not what, accurate either because politicians do what they want to do regardless of the voters' intentions mm-hmm. and then just later look for rationalizations for their actions. Michael mm-hmm. love you, bro, but politicians represent their constituents and not the other oh, way around. Honey. Dude, they, <laughs> they, they, are, they represent the culture that produced them. Oh, my God. Here we really? go. Really? You don't, think, uh, you don't think Hillary or someone else would, can be bought and paid for by lobbyists? The fact that we're electing corrupt pieces of shit like her represents the culture that we've crafted. When have people not been corrupt in this country? When have the politicians not been complaining about being bought and sold? This was an issue during the, the ratification of the Constitution when the federal government agreed to assume the state's debts. This was the argument then. This has been the argument from the beginning. And if you're going to have something, 200 years of data, and you still haven't come to the conclusion, it's not the data's fault, it's your fault. Then we haven't yet gotten to a point where we can have a functional government that's not corrupt. But, it's not possible. Yeah, okay, so Michael, you you said something interesting a few minutes ago where you said, uh, I don't want anyone speaking for me or representing me, and if I did, I would hire them. But you, you literally just criticized politicians today for being able to be influenced by money and hiring them. So why would, you, why would you want to then do that in, in your person when you wouldn't do that in politics? I, I don't understand what you're asking. If I want, like, I have a literary agent, for example. He yes. represents me when it comes to literary affairs. I would not have my literary agent making abortion decisions for me. Okay, but on some level, Michael, it's not just one person's opinion. It is the entire government themselves. So you're not just, you're not, when you vote, you can vote down the I ticket. I do not vote, as you know. Okay. Michael, so you don't vote. You Have you ever voted? Uh, yes, like 20 years ago, once. Okay. And uh, what, what was <laughs> Back the, in college, I had one joint. What was the what yeah, was in college? The, what was yeah. the decision? What was the final factor that made you decide you're not going to vote anymore? Because I honestly thought that we hadn't had a Republican Congress and a Republican president in 40 years. And I thought when George Bush came into office with the Republican Congress, things would be different. And it was so bad and so evil that it showed me that there's absolutely no hope in our political process. We've tried every single iteration, Democrat and Republican Congress, Republican and Democrat Congress, Republican and Republican Congress, Democrat and Democrat Congress. In every case, it leads to destruction, war, and death, and I'm going to have no part of it, and these people will not ever have any claim to speak for me. Okay, well, they, that is they the do, very, yeah, They see, do speak for you. 
you have they, the, they don't have a right to speak for me in the same way that if someone has a hostage, they can make the hostage say what they want. But that is not being given to them voluntarily. I'm not going to march into some booth and give someone the illusion that they represent me. That is bullshit. Yeah, you're taking the stance that you only have a right to complain if you don't vote. No, you have the right to complain regardless. No, you, you're right to complain. But you're contributing if, to it. If you if you do vote, you're contributing to this fucked up system. No, it's irrelevant because they're going to do what the fuck they want. They don't listen. That's true. If, if if Hillary Clinton is elected, she doesn't know who voted for her, who didn't. No. So you, there's no correlation between I voted for her and she speaks for me. Okay. She just gets the aggregates. Same with Trump. They just get the aggregate numbers. Yeah. So, okay, Michael. Here's here's the problem with this reasoning. Um, when Brexit occurred, the Brexit vote happened about three four months ago. That's not voting for a politician. That's not the same thing. Oh, okay. The question well, then, so, is, is, does voting matter? Yeah, does voting matter? You, That's the question. You, yeah. Because essentially, uh, Michael, if the you, politicians— Even Brexit, my vote is completely irrelevant, statistically irrelevant. Okay, but the politicians who led to the Brexit vote were voted right. in by the populace. And and had they not been elected, maybe those specific politicians, Brexit wouldn't have happened. But when, Are you the populace? I'm, I'm not, the, not the one who voted for Brexit, obviously. Yeah, are you the populace? What are you what are you what are you asking specifically? You are statistically irrelevant. Whether you vote or not, it had no literally no mathematical effect on the vote. Well, yeah, and but in that time, hold on. That time you spent voting and feel not you specifically. That time a person spent voting and feeling smug and self-righteous about themselves is an hour that they could have helped a kid in foster care or taking care of a sick animal or going to a nursing home and talk to someone who's lonely. It is shameful and disgusting. And it is white privilege at its absolute worst. And I'm using that term unironically for the first time in my life. <laughs> you mean because like minorities don't really vote that much or? No, because when you're a minority, it has a certain resonance to you that has historical meaning. And I'm not going to begrudge people that. OK, well, so back to back to uh, just for a second for this uh, this this Brexit vote. Right. This uh, this went through because specifically of the politicians who were despite the politicians. Not despite, I don't think. They fought tooth and nail to keep this from happening. And if they had the courage of their convictions, they would have had a vote on it in parliament instead of having a referendum. Well, the that's exactly the point. Okay, but the, the reasoning, the, the rationale, the reason I mentioned Brexit specifically is because the people arguing to leave the European Union did so yeah. because they said that Britain didn't have enough influence on the European Union and they weren't being heard as part of it, right? So they opted to leave, thereby reducing their influence from something to nothing. And by not voting, Bullshit. you are doing the exact same thing. You're reducing Bullshit. your influence from something to nothing. Are you fucking retarded? You're saying that because <laughs> I'm not in a, in, a, in a government with – the United States government and the Canadian government are not in a union. You're saying that the United States government and Canada's government don't have influence on each other and vice versa? Well, no, of course they do. But the, so Of course, so just because they left the EU doesn't mean they have no power over the EU. Well, what do you think they have more or less now that they've left? They have much more leverage, yes, much more. You because have, as opposed to, I'll tell you why. As opposed to being one voice among 20, it's one voice versus one voice. No, it's but but they're not equally they're not equally loud voices. The European Union is yes, way louder they are. than No, they're if not. I am arguing with the EU representative as the British representative. There's two of us in the room. If I'm having an EU meeting, there's 20 of us in the room. Do the math. Okay. But but if you have I mean that's not how it works. You it's it, That it, is exactly how it works. No, the influence I, Every country has one <laughs> diplomat, one ambassador. He yeah. represents the whole country. Okay. And if you go to the UN, you have how many people are in the fucking UN meetings? I don't know. 40, I 50. I mean hundreds. It's hundreds. Yeah, okay. 
Okay, it's like saying uh, e- a-, a tree doesn't matter because, like, there's a forest. Like, yeah, like one Listen, vote. If a, if a tree is your role model for being a moral human being, you've got other problems. <laughs> but one vote doesn't pick the winner, but, you know, voting is one way to kind of do your part to influence. Do your part. If, if you'd like to influence the if, government a certain way. You- First of all, I'm, we're, we're, both, we're having much relevance right now having this conversation in our vote, number one. Number two is when you're saying your vote's not going to pick the winner, you're explicitly saying your vote doesn't matter. And number three is it's a complete waste of time, and people are wasting their energy when they can be using it in much more effective ways. I agree that us having this conversation is helping shape the culture in a way where maybe people will vote in a less retarded government. And, Never uh, happened. Well, it it has not. It all. came close. Hold on, listen. You're you're at you're you're. Um, I heard you on the Milo Janopoulos show saying that people have difficulty with placing things in a hierarchy. Sure. Okay. Not all governments are equally shitty, right? The the barbarians in Africa vote in you know terrorists, and over here, our government is not nearly as bad as those because our culture is a lot more advanced and civilized. Like not all. No. Correct. Not all governments are equally as bad, but they're all equally and totally illegitimate. Well, Uh, so you're an anarchist? Yes. Who's going to fucking protect when you you hire a literary agent? Who's going to protect your book once it's published? Who who protects me now? You think I call the police? Have you ever dealt with any author who's had to call the police under any circumstances? Well, for the most part, they don't deal with, for the most part, criminals break into your house and take shit. Who are you going to call when they break into your house? Have you ever heard of any situation where someone has had their house burgled where the stuff has been returned by the police? It is such an absurd scenario that even on sitcoms where anything can happen, they don't even have that as the result because it literally never happens. And that's why you have insurance and security systems. But who's going to – ha- Hold on. Okay. I'm not done. I'll go ahead. If you, and if you had private police – where there was accountability. Look at this way. Let's suppose I order something from Amazon and it gets lost in the mail, right? Amazon sends me a new one. If, I, if the police don't protect my home, there's no accountability. But if I was paying for the police, they'd be damn sure to, to pay to replace what got stolen under their watch. Who's going to um, enforce the insurance contract that you have? The private courts, just like now. Have you ever, have you ever, in all seriousness, this is one of the biggest fairy tales that we're told in schools that doesn't apply in reality. Have you ever tried to get a uh, contract actually enforced in court? No. It is the nightmare of all nightmares. Yeah, it's true. Come on, that that's a that's a gimme. But who's going to enforce it if there's no government? First of all, arbitration courts. Right, you have that right now. Right, but who, who's going to enforce? Are, who's going to enforce right. what those courts say? Yeah. There's very different. You could have reputation systems like eBay. You could have. It depends on the situation. I mean, it would have to be very specific. It's talking uh, about burglary. We're talking about some contract dispute. But, but, uh, it could be an insurance thing. There's just a million ways to do but it. All these million ways. It would all boil down to who's got the biggest uh, gang. It would just become gang rule. Who's the strongest and can enforce their will on the other party? Not at all. If I have, if I'm on Sprint and Maddox is on Metro PCS yeah, or whatever. And I call him. Someone is paying someone. I don't know who, but I don't have to know who because these corporations have figured out how to cut the checks one way or another so that the customers don't have any problems. And if your job as a company is to provide security, you'd be damn sure to make sure that security is what you're providing as opposed to constant strife Uh, like we have now. I agree that reputations uh, keep corporations uh, accountable. accountable. And and they keep individuals accountable. No, no. Okay, hold on. Let's let's back up for a second, okay? We've gotten way down this rabbit hole of Nickelodeon... (laughs) 
this this let's, Looney Tune argument you have here, Michael. Uh, this Nickelodeon uh, universe you painted of uh, it's of, actually Nickelodeon that teaches us that the government is our friend. Okay, fine. Then the opposite of Nickelodeon. What? Stupid Mark Summers. Yeah. <laughs> well, Maddox. <laughs> well, Maddox. You, yeah. So you, whenever you call me a Nickelodeon character and yeah. you tell me that I've painted this imaginary world yes. where everyone does what they're supposed to. Right. I just want to point out, I believe in a government. I'm not an anarchist. Sure. And that's, that's the difference between me and certain libertarians who literally think – no government is necessary. Right. Well, th- th- this is what I. No li- government is legitimate. Okay. Legitimate. That's not the this same is thing. this is okay. what I like about about Michael Malice is that he is an honest broker. He is admitting that he's an anarchist, which very. Why wouldn't I admit it? It's a point of pride. It's something to be ashamed of. Uh, it, it should be, and I'll tell you why. Oh, for fuck's sake! <laughs> Here's so I heard this theory a long time ago about why we have uh, very populated cities like Los Angeles and New York and Stockholm that are very, very liberal. And then you have the rural America, the Utahs and Montanas and Wyomings, very, very conservative. And conservatives tend towards self-reliance and not having government involved in your life because it's very sparsely populated. You don't you don't have very many common resources or common areas and, that you need to share. And, and, and homogenous. Yeah, true. Okay, well, homogeneity or not, you can still have liberals in these in these uh, little populations who still tend towards smaller government intrusion into into their lives because they have less common resources. But as populations become more and more dense, you have to have some central authority defining the rules of conduct on how to use that property and when to use that property and to what extent. You're full of shit. If you go to New York and you act improperly, every single New Yorker on the street will point that out to you to your damn face. Well, isn't that government then? That's not government. That's privately enforced social code. Society regulating itself. What's the difference between society? Someone is rude in New York. They go to the cops to say this person is being rude as opposed to getting their face themselves like I'm doing right now. No, Michael, I'm talking about Central Park. Central Park has been defined as a park by the government and no one can come in there and start building construction, can they? It's specifically because the government has decided that that is a common area that everyone needs to well, set aside as a park, that's, period. But that's the government. If, if the park were privately owned, you would have the exact right. – you're saying so if Central Park was privately owned, then people could build buildings even though it's forbidden to be, to be built there? Well, right. yeah, the but if it's, talking about? But there's no guarantee if it's privately owned that the, that the owner one day might say, well, the property value is high enough. I'm going to sell it, and then and guess what? Your no park's gone. there's no guarantee that the government's not going to do the same either. Do you know what guarantee means? Well, but here's the thing. You have less of a chance of that occurring because the population has to weigh in on that decision. And that's why voting matters is because everyone weighs in as opposed to one person deciding just selfishly to, to sell the property. And guess what? New York, sorry, fuck you. No more park. Which selfishly, you're saying providing housing to people uh, at, and lowering the market rate for apartments is selfish? Well, yeah, I'll, okay, that's why we have homelessness in New York, because of thinking like that, you fucking hippie. Okay, you, you're the <laughs> fucking hippie. I'll tell you why that's a fucking fallacy, is because we More have parks. that problem. More well, parks, the, the parks. Ben and Jerry's for everybody. No, the- <laughs> <laughs> Lots Spe- <lives> matter. <laughs> Specifically, okay, the, 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 selfish, uh, the selfish corporation that comes in and buys out houses, say, in Los Angeles and forecloses them and refuses 
refuses to sell them and then causes more homelessness and raises property values because they can afford to sit on it and not sell those houses. In fact, there was a lawsuit that was just settled, I think for $118 million because the bankers were doing specifically that. They were buying these houses, foreclosing them, kicking families out, waiting till the property value goes up. And in the meantime, homelessness goes up. Those houses become decrepit. Squatters start living in them. And for what? Just because the bank wants to make a little bit more money. There's no altruism. There, like, the, the altruism isn't guaranteed just because a corporation. Ooh. What? Uh, built housing is probably the most, other than healthcare, the most regulated industry in America. And every single city politician works very closely with those uh, um, developers and so on and so forth. And they have a huge incentive to force the laws and regulations to keep buildings from being built, to keep rents high. What's that incentive? You know that's how it works in every city. The, the city council works extremely closely with the real estate industry. It's crony capitalism at its, work, at, at its worst, and it's not a free market, and it's not anarchy at all. Okay, well, I mean, I, I don't, I think that's a straw man argument. I don't think anyone was saying what? that. No, but you're saying like this is an example, like oh, they're being selfish, blah blah blah. Yeah, this is what happens when you have the government involved in any industry. It's like people like Trump uh, buy off all the politicians and ensure that the laws are leveraged so they can maximize the income at the expense of families. That's a hundred percent what happens. Correct. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, so back to the Central Park argument. There's, and I'm gonna say, can I say one more sentence? Go ahead. This is exactly why you need a separation of commerce and state, just like we have a separation of church and state. Yeah. Because when you have the two mixed up, you have things like this. Yeah, I agree with that, but you're basically saying there should be no state. Correct. So separating them is not enough, really. There should only like be private citizens and or no you could be a member of you i mean just like i can be a member of a catholic church but i have no ability to enforce being catholic on other people i can advocate for that you could have voluntary citizenship to some you know made up america or, or you know maddoxistan and that's fine the point is as long as it's voluntary and it's a it has ease of exit you're fine and the only the only incentive anyone the only reason i might have to not break into your church is my reputation Wait, no, you, you have private – right now, there's a lot of incentives not to break into the church. You're, you're thinking that if the government doesn't provide police, police wouldn't exist. But that's like saying, well, if the government didn't make food, food wouldn't exist. Check, guess what? We have so much food, we're throwing it away. Michael, here's there, here's the problem with this bullshit-ass – again, Looney Tunes, Nickelodeon argument you have here. Is, is, is it Looney Tunes or Nickelodeon? You yeah. can't even get your terms straight. <laughs> yeah. It's you're gonna the get same a cease thing and, in my mind. You're going to get a cease and desist from Warner if yeah. you keep that up. Fine, fuck yeah. it. Here's the, here's the problem with this with this uh, Looney Tunes argument. You have private companies who have who do supposedly the job of government, say uh, say private contractors providing security. But sure. private contractors have all sorts of security issues all the time. They abuse their security. They but governments don't. Well, they both do. So what's the difference? Governments have wars. Private security have break-ins. Okay, Pick but, one. Okay, I'm not talking utopia. I am talking about which is going to be an like orders of magnitude more preferable, more peaceful, and more safe. Okay, Michael, if this if this uh, utopian ideal of I anarchy, I specifically said it's not utopian, <laughs> and now you're describing utopia to me. So, so in this utopia, you, you learned listening from a government school as well. Okay. <laughs> Okay, Michael. So, so in this utopia. Yeah, in this utopia, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, in this utopia that you keep talking about. <laughs> okay, look, but look, there has never been a government like, uh, or a lack of government like you were describing, except for where? In South America, like little tribes who that, still haven't we've been. We've never, when the found, look, I'm, I'm going to sound like a, a fucking Rush Limbaugh conservative for a minute. For there a minute. There was never a separation <laughs> of church and state 
until the founding fathers kind of mandated across the whole country. And it sounded crazy because if you don't have a state church, then people are going to be rapists and murderers tomorrow because they have to belong to some church or another. And lo and behold, we learned having a secular society works pretty well with respecting each other and each other's rights. Well, that's true because yeah. morality doesn't come from the church. Sure. It Just- comes from a society in which – and nope. safety doesn't come from the government, which right. is the biggest violation of safety that we have in any country. Michael, it's you are so black and white about this shit. But look at China. China is, is one of the most secular China? governments. One of the most secular governments no. in the no. uh, China yes, secular? It is. No. Yes, they absolutely. mandate a state religion. Not only you have no. to worship at the feet of Mao. No, not, that's not a religion. It's, not it's only, really not. Not only is China oh, into their it. funky Eastern religions, but some would say uh, communism is worship of the proletariat. Okay. Of course. Okay, first they of all, they have churches, they have sermons. It's exactly the same thing. Buddhism is a religion, even though there's no, you know, uh, monotheistic deity. And these things are very clearly religions. They have every single aspect of religions, otherwise, including churches. You think going to, Le- to Lenin's tomb isn't just go- like going into St. Patrick's Cathedral for the communists? Okay, communists were opposed to religion because it took focus away Did you hear from what the I government. Just said? They were yes. mi- they were mystics. Okay. Yes. But they weren't. They, but Maoism. Uh, uh, there wasn't like Maoism. It's not like a religion. It wasn't a. Uh, it is. Uh, no. They, it's, they it basically was absolutely a religion. They, when you drew Mao under Mao's rule, he had to be the center of light in the photograph, and everyone had shadows coming off of him because he was supposed to be the sun. Hmm. And they. And at this point, let me recommend my book, dear reader, about North Korea, <laughs> which very much breaks down how it's a religion taught in North Korea towards their leaders, and it's just absolutely. You know, nightmare hellhole. Yeah, they not only worship their leaders and their figures and their personalities, but they um, they believe that there's this collective, you know, class consciousness and that yes. the reality of the proletariat is different than the reality of the bourgeoisie. They don't believe in objective right. reality. Okay. Polylogism. And let me say one more thing. It's a redi- And I point this out in my book. It's absurd to me how Americans laugh at North Korea for having one choice at the ballot box, and that's dictatorship. And we have two choices, and somehow that means freedom. Bullshit. Okay, fine. Look, when it comes to presidential elections and the two-party system, it's obviously flawed. But it it almost was overturned back in, what, 96 or 98 when Ross Perot got 19% of the popular vote and was – they had to acknowledge him in the national elections. I think that— And what happened? What were the consequences? Literally zero. Well, that's because he dropped out. He he got tired of spending his money, and he dropped out. But Again, literally zero consequences. Just because you can imagine an alternative scenario doesn't mean it's actually a realistic thing of happening. Well, what about a different voting system where it's a two-voting system? I forget the name of the specific, uh, the sp- uh, specific system, but you can vote for— your first pick and then your second pick, and then each candidate gets a vote no matter uh, whether it's first or second. So whoever gets the most overall votes, they become president. What about well, something look, like in, that? In Europe, they have many – a lot of these par- in many, a lot of these European countries have parliaments with many, many parties representing them. It doesn't work out all that differently because you still have to form some kind of coalition to run the parliament. So at the end of the day, it's all a bunch of bullshit. Okay. Well, here's a bunch of bullshit. Everything you've been saying, because I'll tell you why. I'll tell you, all right. I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why Trigger. it's important. <laughs> here's why it's important it's to important vote. Important to vote. Let's Absolutely important okay. to vote because of ballot measures. Ballot initiatives are the most important reason to vote. For example, Proposition Eight in California in 2008 eliminated the rights of same-sex couples to marry. Fifty-two percent of people voted for it. against it, setting back rights for gay marriage for years. You know where the funding came from? Most of the Mormon, the Mormon church. From Utah. Yeah. Yeah. Utahns. Utahns uh, funded most of that that, uh, initiative. It's so important to vote for stuff like that because a simple up-down vote does make a huge impact in people's lives. Mm -hmm. 
my rights are not up for discussion, let alone a vote. Great. So I'll be damned if I'm going to sit down with all my fucking neighbors and I'm going to have them tell me what podcast I'm going to listen to or what music I'm going to listen to. You go to your house, listen to your own fucking music. I'm going to go in my house and I'm going to do as I damn please. And the idea that just because people have geographic proximity to me, that they have any kind of input as to who I marry is a absurd and disgusting okay i have a very simple yeah, argument that on, will shut you down put on some marty van beethoven and be done with it <laughs> the st bernard here's michael here's yeah. a very simple concept to, that will illustrate the flaws in your reasoning well you're good at those let's hear it great you go home and you listen to whatever music you want right your neighbor goes home and listens to whatever music they want however let's say one night your neighbor is playing music really really loud all night long, and it's starting yeah. to affect That's you. That's happened. That has happened to me. Of course. It's happened to everyone. It starts to affect you. Now, you have a choice to make, okay? Let's say you're in this anarchist world or a, a, a place where there is no central authority of government or police to come over and knock on his house and say, hey, you got to turn it down. Well, you have private industry and private uh, security forces. What if your neighbor doesn't doesn't recognize the authority of the private security force coming okay. over and knocking on this their is, door? This is this is insanity because this is already doesn't happen in real life because you asked you talk to your landlord and he has to recognize the landlord's authority because he signed a contract with the landlord. What if you're a homeowner? If I'm a homeowner, I get I can get someone evicted. How is this hard? No, no, you are a homeowner. You can't get your neighbor evicted. Oh, they're the next they're next the door next, neighbor. Uh, yes, next door. Yes. Well, you would have is you would have neighborhood security forces, just like you'd have whoever okay. owns the streets would make sure the streets are safe. Again. Look at it this way. And who who and what if your neighbor doesn't recognize the authority of the neighborhood security force? Your neighbor is still going to be hold, be beholden to either that street organization or to the company that owns the house or whatever. Why? And if and at a certain point, let, let's be fair. At a certain point, we've all had neighbors that are extremely terrible, and at a certain point, those. Have you ever tried to call the cops in a neighbor yeah. and maybe it'll work once or twice? Yeah. It doesn't really work. That's not actually a viable solution in, in all seriousness. Well, you're, as talk, it is now. you're talking you really to the guy works? who can't get the cops to come to a house that's being broken into while he's on the phone with them. Yeah, that's true. Uh, but I have I have had some success with police and some not. But Wait a minute. You have a crazy neighbor. Yeah. And in all, I'm not trying to say this for the sake of the argument. You'd have to agree that the police have not been a viable solution to this problem. I will As stand out. You. That's uh, that's my crazy neighbor. Yeah, well, the police are too right? busy enforcing stupid laws that shouldn't be on the books. No, but f fine. But but Maddox, you've called the police, and, and I don't know if you have called the police, but th that that's that's a wash. That's not going anywhere as a as a as a solution here. Okay, fine. But uh, but Michael, again, this the same exact problem arises with or without government. Is that you have okay, people great. who so, will? So it's a wash. Great. This is a tie. Let's focus on all the things. That's the only thing you have, and that's that's a draw. Okay, I got a few more things to mention. Okay. But first, I got to mention this episode is brought to you by Jock, high-end web developers and animation experts. Visit jock.com, that's J-O-Q.com, and use the promo code MADCAST. Guys, I've been working with Jock on the website for this own show for a while now, and I got to tell you, Lord Matthew, he was on episode number four of this very podcast when we debated the Brexit episode, which I highly recommend everyone go listen to. I think it's one of the most downloaded episodes on the show's history. That one in episode number seven with uh, with Jackie about Pokemon. Yeah. <laughs> the two most important issues we've debated. But uh, Lord Matthew originally approached me back when I announced the Madcast Network. And he said, hey, Maddox, I'm really interested in being a sponsor for your show and your network. And he started giving me the, the pitch of what his company does. 
you know, uh, web development and that sort of thing. And it sounded, I, I thought it was just going to be like another Squarespace. And then he said, well, actually, if you don't, if you're developing this yourself and you need some help, we'd be happy to help you out and, and work with you. And I said, okay, well, let's see what you got. And he sent me, no joke, guys, a nine-page proposal on the development for the back end of the website. And let me tell you, this is not cookie-cutter bullshit. This was like the most thorough document I've ever seen. And I've, I've worked in technology as a programmer for about 10 years. That's crumpet-cutter bullshit, by the way. <laughs> crumpet-cutter. Very nice. British reference. Good job, Sean. But Lord Matthew sent me this proposal that covered every aspect of the development right from the beginning to rolling out a mobile app so that international callers can call in and leave voicemail or comments and text messages and all sorts of insane features that I hadn't even thought of uh, ahead of time. Here's the thing about working with Jock. I sat down with Lord Matthew one day. Uh, we are grabbing a beer. And he said, hey, Maddox, uh, he started to explain to me why his, his servers are so secure and why my website will never go down. He said, because they have backups locally, they have backups offsite, and then they have backups outside the country. So he said, in case of a nuclear holocaust in the UK, your website will still stay up. And, and I love how that was his first thought, is making sure my website is up in the event of a, of a nuclear fallout. You know, priorities, got to have them. Oh, yeah, absolutely. This website will stay up. He also told me th about the security features that they have for Jock. Guys, these developers are no are joke. They, are they private security? No. <laughs> good one, Sean. Nice yes, callback. they are. Yeah. They are. Great, great. That's why they're good. It's actually more secure than most banks. Fuck you, Michael. More secure and than most more banks. more secure than, than Hillary Clinton's emails, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, of course. what happens when you have the private market taking care of things as opposed to someone who's going to be our fucking president. Well, there's good private markets and bad private markets. But there's no good governments. <laughs> okay, let's Some are just worse than others. <laughs> I love how you're trying Correct. to sneak that in during the promo, Michael. Didn't We're going to address that. Uh, anyway, guys, back to, back to Jock. Uh, no joke. I have had the most pleasant experience working with these guys. Lord Matthew gets it. He's one of the few people who has technical expertise and also business acumen. He's a guy you can talk to. And if you guys in, in business have ever tried to talk to IT or programmers, it's nearly impossible. They don't know how to communicate. Lord Matthew is not one of those people. Uh, his company knows how to communicate. They will deliver way above beyond your expectations. I cannot recommend them more highly. If you guys have a business and you're interested in a free project plan customized to your needs, hit them up. Madcast is the code. M-A-D-C-A-S-T. And again, that's jock.com. J-O-Q.com. They were one of the early purchasers of domains, and they got one of the three-letter ones. Interesting stuff. I wrote, a, I wrote a program a long time ago to look up every possible combination of three-letter domains, and I found about uh, 30 or 40 of them, and I was going to buy them, but I just couldn't afford it at the time. Would have probably been a millionaire. All right, guys, don't forget to check them out, and if you guys want a personal testimonial, I could go on and on about how my, the experience I've had with these guys, incredible. I've never worked with developers like this in my life. They really get it. Uh, they will deliver above and beyond, and it's custom solutions. This isn't cookie-cutter bullshit. This isn't some co copy and paste. They will look at your website, look at your needs, and give you an, a delivery and an expectation that they will meet. I cannot recommend them highly enough. Thank you, Jock, for supporting the show and developing the website. You guys are fantastic. Yeah. But moving on. Um, so Okay, so to be clear, the, the debate is what? The debate is, does voting matter? And although we took a bit of a detour with should government exist or not, or does government exist or not, technically? Does okay. government exist or not? Or right. uh, what should government be if it should be? And all, okay. 
But the question is, uh, is does voting matter? Should you vote? Well, what's the question again? Does voting matter? Does voting matter? Yeah. And the the reason it might not matter is because there's so many people voting that one guy can't make a difference, or and you're do- and you're doing it secretly and, and in silence. Yes. Well, you don't have to do it secretly, Michael. You can go announce who you voted for. You could do that regardless of voting. But if you don't vote, then you can. Then it doesn't matter. You're just going on Facebook and saying, "Hey, guys, Trump's an idiot." What difference does it make? Well, that makes much yeah. more difference than actually voting against that him, actually influences your opinion. Yeah, that actually influences more people but than if, voting. But if everybody yes. doesn't vote, if if these are if you're just oh going out. Oh my god! Oh my god! Okay, you trick. Okay, where's my trigger <laughs> button? Where's my trigger button? You hit it. You hit. Hold on, hold on. I gotta get the sound effect. Trigger. Okay. <laughs> this is one of the stupid. This if there's one thing I'm against. Yes. <laughs> it's this argument that you have to act in the same way that everyone else should act, you know, or vice versa. No one, I'm, I'm not that important. You're not that important. Maddox, maybe you are. Ha ha. I am. But Don't laugh. you can't act expecting that other people are going to act like you. Oh, Jesus. And that's Michael. a very fallacious argument that people often make that it's, it's called the universability principles. I'm pronouncing it wrong. But this idea is that you have to act as if, what if everyone on earth acted that way? That yeah. is a completely egotistical and reprehensible way to base your morality. Okay. Well, you know what? Everything that you just said, every argument you made before that statement is completely disingenuous because if you're saying that as a, as a general guiding philosophy for other people that voting no, doesn't matter. What? I only speak for myself. That's why I'm an anarchist. Okay, well, that's not true, though, Michael. Everything you say can be heard by somebody, and it's going to influence them. But I'm not speaking them. for them. I'm, I'm advocating a position, but it's their choice to make. Well, there you go. If you're, ad- me alone. if you're advocating a position, that position could influence other people with your philosophy. And right. if people believed your philosophy because you influenced them, then essentially right. you are you are saying you are you are basically changing people's minds. That's what you're doing. Sure, but if I, if I'm not there, I they have a certain absolute right to their opinion, and I'm not going to respect them less for it. Okay, if they disagree with me. Well, look back to the voting issue and why it matters. Uh, again, the ballot measures are everything when it comes to elections you can vote on whether or not we should have a single payer initiative when it comes to health care you can vote on whether or not we should have gmo labeling on foods oh my god tobacco taxes anti-airbnb initiatives transportation measures like railways these are all important issues that show up on ballots whether you vote on on, in the presidential election or not tell me how it's not important to vote on those michael because i totally disagree that you have a right to force to go into a booth and flick a switch and make it so doctors who have gone through years of technical training are forced to work for the government is disgusting. And part of me thinks maybe you should be shot if you're one of these people. Okay. And you hope you find a good oh, doctor who inter- doesn't work for the government. <laughs> non, non-government wa- a doctor. The, I think the inner Soviet is coming out. Yeah. <laughs> well, here's the no, thing, Michael. The, the Soviets killed the anarchists, remember? Michael, look, yeah, if you have okay, if you have on. if you as a neighbor and the doctors. if you as a na- you as a neighbor don't exist in a vacuum. So if you want to start stockpiling uh, fish, uh, visible material, uranium, in your property, that radiation oh is God. going to leak into your neighbor's yard, oh isn't God. it? No, this is don't oh my God me. This is a, a legit argument. No, this is how this is how much of a fairy tale you have to build to defend the government. It's like you have to have the government. What if you have nuclear waste in your backyard? Checkmate. Well, it's, like, it's not these just are nuclear the waste. You have to construct to find something even theoretically wrong with what I'm saying. What about fires? If your neighbor just wants to have a yard fire every day, should they be able to? Should they allow yes. smoke? billowing into your yes. house and into your roof? Yes. Why? 
Yes. Why should they? Because that's affecting you. Do you you think if you have a barbecue in your backyard, do you ever ask anyone for permission ever? That's different. I'm talking about burning tires. Yeah, we're talking burning tires, burning shit in your yard. I got a lot of people the necklace, you know? Yeah. I I like that a lot. Um, (laughs) I I don't know the technicalities of this. And to be honest, guys, I don't think any of us know the technicalities of this on a legal issue as it stands now. I know for a fact because my dad got the cops called on him every single time he had a fire in our backyard. <laughs> every single time. And my well, dad was and roasting and an he entire- kept doing it. Notice the cops didn't stop him from doing it. No, they it. did. They did it. stop him. No, they did stop him. My dad would be out there with his flamethrower trying to burn some rubbish, and then the neighbors called the cops on him. He had a flamethrower? I yeah. see why there's a problem here. My dad had a flamethrower. you're imagining every neighbor as being your dad. Well, yeah, my dad, like, look, just living in Utah in my home, my dad did all sorts of things. He would burn, uh, he would, he would burn, he would chop down trees and then to get rid of all the leaves and all the other garbage, rather than hauling them down to the city dump, he would just burn it. But then the neighbors would complain because it's a bunch of smoke billowing out. People called the fire department. They didn't know what was going on. So yeah, if you have neighbors who are, who are, uh, uh, bothering you, you have to have some kind of central authority, and just saying that it's a private company raises but two cops problems. Cops aren't a central authority in the way you're saying; they're a local authority. So even there, your argument doesn't make sense. Uh, if you want to have some kind of localized uh, a security firm that covers a town, that's miles different from a central authority. Who's going to take their orders from them? Who's going to? How are they going to enforce their will? How do they enforce their will now? Well, how, like, what gives the private company authority to use force right. on anybody that doesn't agree what, to their what authority? What gives the police private uh, authority? The, the people, well, the, the government. I, the idea is that in a proper society, there is a government with a very specific purpose. That they're, they ha, they're that the, has never happened it ever. It hasn't happened, but it, it— It has never happened ever. At we, what point do you realize that if something has never happened, that means it probably It can. hasn't happened because we have not yet— decided that we want that but we've come a lot closer in the past than we are now we've come a lot further we've come a lot further but the the end goal should be uh, a government with a specific purpose that uh uses force and nobody else is allowed to initiate if your idea of living happily is contingent on persuading 300 million morons to agree with your point of view you are fucked from the go well i don't expect to see it overnight but we're not going to get there by 250 years well, anarchy, well, anarchy, anarchy would just. I only got another three hundred in my lich jar. <laughs> Anar- <laughs> it's not going to happen in our lifetimes, but like talking about anarchy is just going to send all those three hundred million into impending doom. How are doctors going to uh, have freedom in a society where there's no government protecting them? Wait, can you repeat that? I'm sorry, what? You you I said didn't hear you. you you said we shouldn't be able to go and vote to enslave doctors, right? Like, sure, yeah, in in a in a in a in a society with a proper government, that would not be on the ballot because it would be out of the question. You you can't enslave anybody. You can't force anybody. When, when has that ever happened? It's always been up for debate, even in a, in this imaginary constitution America that people like to make up. Michael, what there about was much less of that shit going on back then? Michael. There was still plenty of it. The like, Sedition Act. Are you fucking kidding? What was? Could you explain to the listeners, man? Not me. The Sedition. Yeah. Uh, there's this lie uh-huh. that people tell. Uh, I'm not saying you guys are, but there's this lie that is propagated in our culture that America has always had this big commitment to free speech and especially political free speech. It's the most important. It's the crown jewel of the Bill of Rights, right? However, when John Adams was president, John Adams. This isn't you know recently. This isn't Jimmy Carter or Reagan. They Congress passed the law, the Sedition Act, which made it a felony to criticize the government, a felony. 
During the 1910s, Woodrow Wilson put the socialist candidate into prison for opposing the war effort. We have always had a very strong case of punishing people for speaking their mind politically in this country. And the idea that free speech has historically been the norm is a lie. Well, Wood- Woodrow Wilson is hardly, uh, you know, an example of, of, of who I'd like to see in power. I agree. But the point is, you don't get to pick. Woodrow yeah, Wilson right, yeah but look, so John Adams did something wrong and that would not have been allowed. in. That a- was Congress. That was Congress. Okay, these, they the did- founding fathers were still alive okay, at that time. The, the, founding, the founding fathers were not saints and they were not, they didn't have it entirely right. If they did, they would have set up a better country than they did. It's, it's still the Bullshit. best. One. It was still Listen. the best one to date. When is a when is a piece of paper ever going to stop a dictatorship or a police state from doing what it well, wants? Well, if you have a government that has a specific purpose to protect the individual, then it would make sure people respect that paper. Look, Governments did, don't exist. This, uh, okay, there's look. no such thing as a government mind with a purpose of its own. No, the, the only, only there's all, impl- oh, um, Let me finish. The only people who have the purpose that can be implemented are the politicians who are running this government, and they are never going to act other than in accordance with their interests because they're human beings. Okay, Michael, the overarching theme here is that governments don't exist, right? You think that there's no legitimacy to any government. Correct. But you could make that exact same argument to private authorities or any any number no. of people. And, and here's the Maybe problem with this reasoning. Here's the problem with this reasoning. What about people who cannot defend themselves? What about the weak? What about the- What about people who can't feed themselves? Well, there's zero starvation in America. The only people I, I had an argument with, the, with a acquaintance of mine who was a communist, and she was insisting to me, and, and I'm I'm making this example because this is the argument we had. And I'm not saying anyone in the show is making this comparison because it's a very vile comparison. She was insisting to me that as many people starve in America as starve in North Korea. So we actually looked it up. The, you know how many people starve in America? The number was something. It was under 100, and these were all cases, you know, the worst of the worst, where parents were, like, intentionally starving their children. Yeah, vegans. There, so th- there's plenty of people <laughs> who can't afford food, and we have a problem with homeless obesity in this country. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about people who are mentally incapacitated, people who, who have severe uh, autism or dementia or people who who have uh, physical disabilities. Those are people who need to be taken care of. Oh, is this hitting close to home? <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. These are these are people who need to be taken care so, of. So Maddox, if- I agree with you completely. And I'm, I'm going to say this, and this is something that no one's going to argue with. There's never a good answer for people like that. It's always going to be a difficult case scenario in any situation. And, and I, I see that point gladly. However, those people are better off in a uh, free society in which the government at least protects them from getting held at gunpoint and having their shit taken away. Or in, you mean in a government, a free society that institutionalizes them and locks them up against their will, that same government? No. No, right. that, different governments, Michael. If I mean, oh, yeah. so it's going to alternate depending on whether we like it or not. Well, if these crazy people, if these crazies are hurting people, then yeah, the the police should step in and protect yeah. people. Look, two points. Absolutely, but the point is, look, this is a very very nuanced issue. Like, how do you define crazy? And you know, are, are, can these people be helped? And then the issue is, are you going to give them drugs? But drugs have counter effects. Well, so you this don't, is a this is in any society, this is going to be a very tricky, complicated it is, issue. But you don't need to uh, define crazy. You just need to define 
fine force. Are they are they bothering Correct. are they bothering anybody? Are they right. bothering anybody? Like your neighbor burning something in his lawn or having uranium. You shouldn't allow that because you should have some central authority, and somebody Maddox even local even. Maddox, believe me when I tell you, a society that does not believe in a government with a purpose of protecting the individual will put people like your fucking neighbor in power like Germany did in the fucking 30s. Thank you and good night. Okay. Oh, Godwin's Law. I love it. Godwin's Law. There it is. It came up. I won. I won. Yeah. Hooray. All right, guys. Two points I want to end on here. A reason to vote and a reason against voting. Uh, Candidates for local office often run uncontested. This means that even a meager turnout can affect who gets elected and thus who writes state legislation on a local level and passes budgets. That's a really important reason to vote, even if you don't think the presidential vote matters much because it doesn't when it comes to electoral college. And on that point, Michael, here's one that you missed or didn't get to. Uh, In 1888... Benjamin oh, Harrison Christ. received in 1888 this counter example to your position holds. Go ahead. It does. Well, to be fair though, you no, no, did no, quote this, John Adams. Yeah, yeah. The fuck second you. president. I didn't quote him. When did I quote him? No, you not, mentioned you know what him. I mean. Not quote. You re- oh, referenced him. I'm missing your words precisely. <laughs> you referenced him. Yes. Yeah, stop the, with the semantic bullshit. Yeah. Oh, too, well, that's what you're going to have to do if you're going to have a government of laws and not men, right? <laughs> <laughs> okay. And no, no, no. I'm not joking. Let me say one thing. This you say semantic bullshit. That's my point because the Constitution is very, very specific, yeah. and yet it held back the growth of government zero. Uh, I don't know. Some about would say that. it took the government a lot longer to grow and uh, abuse its power than the it would have. The First Amendment says no restrictions on freedom of speech. It held for three, five, excuse me, like well, five years. Hold on, though, Michael. I think it's the Eleventh or Fourteenth Amendment that specifically says any laws not enumerated in this Constitution tenth. is tenth. not. Is, is it the tenth? Tenth Amendment is it reserved tenth, to the people of the state. Reserved to the and people of the states. Never invoked by the Supreme Court ever, okay. and it's completely ignored, and no one denies this. Well, sedition, well. sedition act aside, would you say the first hundred years of this country there was much more growth and a rise in standard of living than in the late latter? Uh, century. Oh, good point, Rucka. Oh, you mean the first hundred years when half the country killed the other half? Yeah, that was, and and then Sherman marched okay. on Georgia, right. raping and burning down towns in his wake. Re- that was a real peaceful time. The, re- we, the reason, yeah. the reason the Civil War happened is because the South was not on board with the um, nearly perfect uh, government and society that the North had in mind. Oh yeah, the central bank and high tariffs. I don't, I don't like either and, of those. And, I don't want either of those things. But I said, oh, near, I said nearly, nearly perfect. I said nearly perfect. Nearly. Yep. Yeah. Those are only two things, Michael. Relatively name, name much, much closer to perfect than anything before or since. Uh, no, I don't agree with. I don't think a, a country that has slavery is much closer again, to perfect than before. Again, the South was not on board with. Mo- well, you can't read them out of the whole country. They were part of the country. Well, so the that, asterisk okay, slavery. That's why is, the Civil War happened. It was the bullshit. primitive that's agrarians. That's why the Civil War happened, and you know it. I don't know it, but <laughs> don't tell me. I know it. I might be wrong. But the South was Lady not on board. He explicitly said repeatedly the Civil War is not about slavery. He said it repeatedly. He says, I will let all the states back in even if they have slavery as long as they come back into the country. Okay, fine. But the South was not on board with the much, much preferable society that the North had in mind. I, okay. So why are so – and you're saying this peaceful government is in a position to conquer them and enforce martial law. I don't look. We're not debating if the Civil War should happen or if we should let the South secede. But you're citing the South and slavery as an example of why this country was shit back in the. I didn't say. Oh no, no! Don't put words in my mouth. I didn't say this country was shit. I'm saying that to say this is nearly perfect, we got a ways to go. Okay, Okay, Michael, is it better or worse? Are we better or worse off? 
it's uh, I, that is a very very there's like 80 different metrics okay let's say in terms I'll, I'll of this way like, i'll put yeah. this way i'll put it I'll, I'll say we are better off in virtually every way despite the government standard of living oh. life expectancy infant mortality okay, literacy right. rates those are all those are great metrics for our, our success for culture yes. and by all those metrics we are much better yes. off gladly and yes. do we have more or less government than when uh, our founding fathers well i guess that's also a, a, a bullshit well, argument because my, we have also right. had technological my point is yeah. yes it was despite the government and at the time the government did much 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 less meddling than it does now that's why I, the infant mortality rate rose and, and the standard of living went so high, which is why people couldn't wait to vac- uh, vaccinations. sail over Infer- here. Infant mortality happened with the progressive era. It happened in the 20th century. Before but, that, people were having tw- 20 kids and the women were dying in childbirth all the time. But what about vaccinations, Michael? That's the ultimate example of when government, they force people to get vaccinated. And I think that's a good thing. You would you could very easily enforce vaccinations uh, in in a uh, private school, for example. Well, nice theory, but it hasn't happened. Why? It actually has happened. Any school, like a Catholic school, whatever, they're going to force the kids to be vaccinated before they're admitted to be students. But this you, is a nonsense argument. Do you know that the the school districts that have problems with with low vaccination rates are the most affluent private schools? Did you know that? That's a and fact. you know that those most affluent private schools are overwhelmingly hardcore pro government parents. They are – no, they're independent. They're wealthy, independent. They're conservative-leaning, anti-government. No, they're not. Uh, urban, wealthy people are overwhelmingly progressive. They're the ones who read The New Yorker and they listen to NPR. They're much more progressive than, let's say, someone in a rural area who happens to be a Democrat because for them it's an evangelical faith. Yeah, well, th- we're both kind of uh, speculating here. Let's just agree that I'm no, right. No, we're not. <laughs> 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 All right, just moving on, this one last point. In, in the, I just want to mention that uh, Benjamin Harrison in 1888 received 233 electoral votes to Grover Cleveland's 168, winning the presidency. And this is a point to your case, Michael, your argument. Uh, but Harrison lost the popular vote by more than 90,000 votes. He was still elected president, even though... He lost the popular vote. Well, we're in a representative democracy, not a— Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And in 2000, college. this is a more more recent example, George W. Bush was declared the winner in a general election and became the 43rd president, but he didn't win the popular vote either. Al Gore holds that distinction, garnering about 540,000 more votes than George Bush. However, Bush won the electoral vote, 271 to 266. It did not represent the will of the people— because of the popular vote, yeah. so that's a that's a point in your favor, Michael. But uh, not really, if, because the, I mean I'm not in favor of the vote. You know what? Fine, <laughs> then I take it back, Michael. But back to Maddox, point from you. Maddox, the electoral college, they get their all roads kind of lead back to the voter, right? The the electoral college, they are people voting, right? Well, no, the whole point no. of the electoral college is to make sure the masses don't choose the president, right? Yeah, whether it's the masses or a handful of people, it's still people voting. Yeah, but it, you, it, it's not this. I don't think that's. I think it's a big equivocation. They don't have to go along with you. Yeah, they don't. I think actually that's not true. In some states, it's, it is actually the law. Oh, they're, they're okay. I, have to vote. I thought that was in the primaries and stuff, but I do know it's happened. I actually looked this up. It's happened. Virginia, one, Roger McBride. What's that? The uh, faithless elector in 1972 or 76. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. I think I was going back to the 1880s where you used to cast a vote. Michael, you may know this. Uh, the Electoral College cast one for the president and one for the vice president. Right. So that's why Andrew ha- Alexander Hamilton was shot because they cast votes just for who they want to be president. Number one would be president, number two vice. Yeah. Aaron Burr and Jefferson had the same amount of votes. And Hamilton 
endorsed his arch enemy, Thomas Jefferson, and that led to his duel with Aaron Burr. And then they had an amendment to change it that you have separate votes for president and vice president. Yeah. Anyway, vice okay, this president. This is all hearsay. No, no, no. no. This, <laughs> this, I want to say was, stuff up. <laughs> I want to say this is late eighteen late eighteen hundreds, where they the electoral college actually did choose against the will of the people the vice president. And then somehow it was overturned, so the guy actually got in. But I'm, I don't know under what administration, under what voting, but it's pretty easy to find. Where they literally said that there was, uh, I don't know if it was who got together, but they uh, colluded to get the other guy in. Yeah. Well, well, I think there's a situation with the Florida vote, which ended Reconstruction is what you might be thinking of, because there were two sets of electors from Florida, and the Republicans and Democrats were arguing over who were the real electors, and the Democrats said, we'll let you have the White House as long as you end Reconstruction and pull the troops out of the South, I'm sp- and that's what happened, and Jim Crow started. Yeah, I'm specifically talking, I know it was a vice president. Yeah. Okay, I don't, I'm not familiar with this. Well, we'll have I'll to look it up. I'll look it up to yeah. double check myself. But we can talk about that a little bit more next week. But guys, that concludes this debate for now. Vote on the website. Vote which side of the debate you thought was more persuasive. Uh, even though your vote doesn't matter, according to Michael Malice. <laughs> and <laughs> also, <laughs> I'm right regardless of your votes. <laughs> and and make sure to vote to is see this, what you think I truly believe. Is this Maddox? Yeah. <laughs> but moving on, guys. Now it's time for some other headlines. This is from WFAA.com. A 102-year-old woman was arrested because she wanted it on her bucket list. Oh, yeah. Did you hear about this? Yeah, she just died. She just died? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah, I mean, it turns out they hogtied her and pepper sprayed her. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, The police? Yeah, they, they, she, right. she had her hands up. No, 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 no. <laughs> no, it was on her bucket list to get arrested. Yeah, she she had her hands up. She robbed a little convenience store. Uh, no, all, all joking aside, a 102-year-old Missouri woman was handcuffed and placed in the back of a police car last Friday, but it wasn't for committing a crime. Edie Sims fulfilled her wish to ride in the vehicle thanks to Five Star Senior Center, a multi-purpose day facility that provides services for senior citizens in South St. Louis. She was so excited that she can ride in a police car, she said. Do you think you could put those handcuffs on me? Michael Howard, executive director at the center. Yeah. Told ABC News, a St. Louis County car pulled up next to the police and Edie holds up her hands with the handcuffs. She's just a riot. She got arrested. Just a fun thing to do. Yeah, well, you know, the, there's an organization like this where, you know, people who are seniors who have this bucket list stuff, and it's called the Make a Dying Wish Foundation. Is it? Bravo. I, you know, that should be a thing, though. Make a Dying Wish Foundation. Well, it's technically Make a Wish already is Make a Dying Wish, right? Or is it? Oh, oh it's true. not only for dying kids. It's also for, like, in, yeah. in handicaps. For geriatrics, yeah. Handicaps. For handicaps, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, those gays and the handicaps. That's what they like to be called. <laughs> I, I don't think those handicaps really are have a lot of wishes other than not to be handicaps. No, they probably have a lot of wishes. I mean, if I look, regardless of your of your uh, physical ability or disability, I think everyone would want to at least have one Jello wrestling match with a bunch of like hot wrestler babes, right? Wait, what? What would be your make a wish, Maddox, if you found out you're dying tomorrow? Oh my gosh, nuke. Okay, a nuclear bomb on my back. Oh, jeez. No wonder you want the police. <laughs> you, you, you want the police to protect us from you. <laughs> I, I wrote about this in third grade. I thought, well, you, here's the oh, way I'd want to go. go. Yeah, the it, onion peels back. It's been a long time coming. This is my dream. Is a, like The way to I want to go is to have a nuclear bomb strapped to my back and then jump out of an airplane into the Bermuda Triangle. Because I watched an episode of <laughs> The Real Ghostbusters when I was a kid. And, ever, and you know, the, 
they have this episode where they're like, what's what's going on with the Bermuda Triangle? All these ships are disappearing. I thought, you know what? I'm going to get to the bottom of this with a nuclear bomb. <laughs> he he you wrote know that this. You could nuke it without jumping out of the plane yourself. Yeah, but if I was going, that's how I'd want to go. Yeah, you want to go like uh, Dr. Strangelove style. Slim, exactly, slim yeah. Pickens riding the bomb down. Yeah. Well, Sean and Ruck, what about you guys? What would be your make-a-wish? Oh, shit. Uh, off the top of my head, I'd say go to space. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, what are you going to listen to in space, Sean? Not space music. Yes, you are. No. Daft, Daft Punk. Daft, Daft <laughs> yeah. Punk is not space music. Yeah, then I'd, I'd probably kill myself before I got on the rocket. Yeah, it'd be really... You wouldn't because the space music would soothe you, buddy. Okay. What about you, Rucka? Um, I guess I'd settle for being a foot taller. <laughs> <laughs> Just before you pass? That's your... Yeah. Huh. You and me both, buddy. Me, you yeah. and me both. Wow. <laughs> You know, that, we'll have to talk about that at some point. It's a really interesting phenomenon. Uh, but uh, moving on, guys, I got another headline here. This is from metro.co.uk. A student got a vibrator stuck up her backside during sex with her boyfriend. Did you guys hear about this? Well, there's lots of news stories about that kind of shit. I mean, oh, I- this is this is the most one of the most thorough I've ever seen. They have so many pictures of this girl giving a thumbs up. She's in the hospital gown. Oh, that's great. Yeah, a student teacher has spoken about how she got a vibrator stuck up her backside during sex. And they say backside here, but I'm, I'm assuming her butt. Hmm. Yeah, and, I mean, it's it's not in the spinal column, I'm guessing. Yeah, is there no. another place you can stick, you can, st- you can get put, it stuck? Yeah, your mouth and your vagina, Rucka. Uh, it gets stuck in your mouth. <laughs> if you swallow it, you'll get a vibrator down your throat. Okay. Yeah, think about it. Let's not follow this up any longer. A student teacher... <laughs> Uh, Emma Phillips, a mother of one from Wallsey, Merseyside, first thought her boyfriend Lee had hidden the vibrator under a pillow as a prank. But then she was pressed down on her stomach and felt buzzing inside her. They tried to remove it using a fork handle at first and and were unsuccessful. Then they used barbecue prongs, but all the efforts failed. (laughs) (laughs) Barbecue prongs up your asshole. Just get some fucking vice grips. Come on, people. Yeah, I mean, what else are you going to put up there? I don't know if they open enough. No, I don't think so. She was rushed to the hospital to have the sex toy taken out, and now Emma wants to warn people not to be afraid of getting help in embarrassing situations. So she's doing a good thing. She's she's raising awareness about butthole vibrators. Yeah. Emma, 24 years old, says that uh, we're looking around the bed in case it had fallen out. When I leaned on my stomach, I could feel it vibrating. It was stuck low down, and at one point, it was even wedged behind my hip. (laughs) <laughs> the, her boyfriend said that he reached up there and he felt it, but he couldn't get it out. And they had to, they almost had to operate. This would have been a serious surgery. And she finally decided to come forward and tell her friends and family because if she was going to get surgery, she thought her parents should probably know. You know, it'd be really funny is if like this, she was cheating on him and some other, he's like, this isn't the vibrator I use on you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's a foreign vibrator. Yeah. Where'd you get this one? And you know what? The, it's the equivalent of like a white lady having a black kid. Yes, exactly. <laughs> She's got a black dildo in her. What the hell? <laughs> oh, that's just in the shit. I mean, it was pink when you put it in. Oh, gross. <laughs> what if it was- How is this not going to be gross? We're telling a story about a vibrator <laughs> yeah. stuck in a colon and you're getting grossed out? Oh, come on. It was classy up until that moment. And, and the doctors... <laughs> <class> with you. <laughs> the nursing staff did offer her a consolation vibrator. They gave her a pink dildo as a replacement. What the fuck? Well, yeah, well, she like got it. the other one and lodged it all up there. Got yeah, old- no, but there, there was an old lady at the nursing home whose make-a-dying wish was to watch someone use a vibrator in herself. So it's two birds with one stone. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> okay, guys. Uh, Michael, thank you again for joining us this week. Uh, always a pleasure having you on. Hardy debate. Really appreciate it. And I'll link to Michael's website. 
Rocka Rocka, thank you as always. Yeah. Deputy moderator and Sean, the audio engineer. Thanks for doing what you do. But most of all, you're welcome. Hey, Rocka Rocka Ali. Yeah. It's Dustin Dustin from Grand Junction, Colorado. And I am inviting you to my house for the Super Bowl. You say you never get invited? Well, now you have been. Hey. And this is a 100% serious offer. Sean, yeah. uh, whomever the guest is right now, Michael and Mills. Maddox, you're all welcome to my house for the Super Bowl this season. Where do you say he's Drinks from? Like, will be on me. I'll Grand make Junction, food. Colorado. Uh, oh. You guys are going to have to pay for your own fucking transportation. Oh. But, well, mm. yeah, come on down. Well, I did. Party at Colorado style. Is this guy ever done? Woo! <laughs> no, Jesus. Guns and weed or whatever the fuck we do down here. All right. Sounds fun. Uh, see you soon. Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking wrap what, it up. What do you say, Rocca? He said, um, I never get invited anywhere. I mean, I guess invited. Some, I was just saying I need to have cable just in case. You know, I need to be prepared at all times. But I would like to be invited out more often. You just did. Are you yeah. going to take him up on his offer? Go to Grand Junction like, for the like Super Bowl? like a road trip to Grand Junction. You guys are invited, too, if you want to come. I'm, I'm at this point, really, 50%. I'm like, fuck it. Yeah. I may actually do this. I don't give a shit about the Super Bowl. And, and driving all the way to Colorado does sound like the closest approximation to hell. It's but, just over the border. It's way west. What is yeah. it, 10 it's hours? It's not like by Denver. It's like 10 hours. Like yeah, 10, 12 hours. Oh, sounds like, like uh, some... Uh, Periscope bonus content for the uh, per- uh, sub- uh, subscribe uh, uh, patrons. Yeah, you'll get. Sounds, ten- sounds like a podcast sequel to Misery. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like Michael's in for sure. Uh, or- <laughs> I get to be Kathy Bates. <laughs> oh boy, uh, you are, buddy. Uh, here's <laughs> just because I look like her. <laughs> oh God! All right, here's another one. Hey, Mad Cox. I haven't even listened to the episode, and I can already tell you fucked up. Oh, yeah? Because I bet you didn't even take into account the people that are forced to, if they want the higher speed internet, Yeah. Uh, they got to have the cable with it. Uh-huh. A.K.A. me. You call them, <laughs> you try to get the Comcast-only package. Okay, this goes on for like another two minutes. Uh, that was weird Matthew McConaughey. And uh, without even listening to the episode, he assumed I missed a point. You know what? That makes him. Correct. <laughs> douchebag of the week. That's right. Weird Matthew McConaughey's douchebag of the week. I think that was on his bucket list. Yeah. Well, he made it. Did you hear Michael say it makes him correct? Yeah, it makes yeah. him correct. No, it's not correct. It does not make him correct. You might want to revoke that and give it Wrong! to your boy. <laughs> <laughs> okay, here's, uh, here's one last one. Uh, this one actually... Also, from the person who gave us the gifts at the top of the show, listen to this. Now look here, you shit kicker. You got such a big issue with my sound quality because I'm a genius and unemployed because I'm a baby. I've designed and built the ultimate recording studio with the sole purpose of fucking with you. Yeah, running 1.21 gigawatts of go fuck yourself. <laughs> what now, bitch? Mm, yeah, I'm going to make you look like such a worthless little cuck. What will your what? imbecile fan base <laughs> say when my voicemail sounds better than that hour of drivel you call entertainment? Yeah. Okay, okay, okay. I've got, I've got a good one. I've got a good one. You ready? Here we go. Why do Armenians wear slip-on shoes? Mm. Because you need an IQ of at least four to tie a shoelace. Oh, okay. oh, yes. Oh, I got you good. Oh, and by the way, my T-shirt size is ripped as fuck. Yeah. Suck my BMI. Okay. Let's do it out. 
Wow. That's pretty funny. It doesn't even make sense. Yeah, uh, just I'm not a big fan of yours. No. no. I, I'm tired of Stewie's shitty calls and berating. It did sound a lot better. Yeah, it did. Fucking finally stepped that game up at least. Hey, uh, I got some I got some douche I'm going to return to Stewie right <laughs> up his ass if I ever see this guy. Got to get the dildo out of the way first. <laughs> <laughs>